1: Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com ACAST. That's burrow.com ACAST. Burrow.com ACAST.
2: Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week, I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Yeah, right. Crazy. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 171. ...of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Well, it appears I've dodged COVID for a little over two years. Then the little COVID sniper got me while I was at Roy's Art Fair last weekend. Which was a pretty bloody amazing weekend, I've got to tell you. Met some great artists, great people. From it, we've got a couple of podcasts lined up... ...and got chatting to a couple of people about some collaborations that might be quite special. Well, I'm going to keep this intro nice and sweet for obvious reasons... I met today's guest via a mutual buddy of ours. None other than artist extraordinaire, Background Bob. Who has just announced he's about to do his third, yes third, collaborative exhibition. Well Paul is an artist from Peterborough. And there's a pretty big show going on down there at the moment with some of the world's biggest names. And Paul's managed to be a part of it. And to save my poor old throat, I'm going to let him tell you all about it now. So please... Can we me over Zoom? As I spoke to Paul Neen.
3: Exactly, and I think a lot of people are bored of that now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's overrated, and it's, it's an elitist type attitude. And you know, I think that street art was almost like a rebellion against it. I mean, I think there's a bit of a sad angle that you know, you know that you've now got banks is being bought by the elite for obscene amounts of money, which I don't believe it. But was it's just ever that big. It's
2: that big service. Right, Paul. I've got seven questions that I ask each artist Yeah. and the first being, how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work?
3: So in a nutshell, I'd probably say it's statement art. That probably is the best way to describe it. Um, it's been a long process, actually. I mean, I've been doing art for a long, long time. Um, and along that journey, I've kind of tried many different ways of doing things, you know, done a bit of portrait art, I've done a bit of abstract art, I've done a bit of landscape art, I've tried this, you know, I've tried oils, I've tried um, acrylics, I've tried collage, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And what I've actually found every single time that I've tried doing other stuff is that I end up kind of looking at the painting and going, yeah, that's a really nice painting, like, you know, I'm pleased with the way it's come out. But what's it saying? You know, what does it mean to me? What am I trying to convey here? You know, because for me, I want to kind of people to almost look at my work and it start a conversation and, you know, sort of raise questions about, I don't know, modern day society and all that kind of stuff. So I've always ended up kind of going back to the idea of trying to convey a message and whether that be about, I don't know, things like the rich, poor divide, homelessness, um, uh, medication, animal poaching, you know, all of these kind of sort of topics. And yeah, as I say, just to try and kind of get a, a message out there. Um, I mean, when I, so I've been I've been full-time now for probably four or five years. Yeah. Um, before that, I was involved in marketing as a full-time job and art for me was kind of always a sideline. Um, but um, sort of throughout this whole journey, I, I ended up living in London for six years back oh, it must be 15-20 oh, years ago now and uh, that's when I kind of first sort of saw street art and the likes of banks's work etc on the walls in London um, and um, sort of ended up going to a few galleries and, and you know and art shops and stuff and seeing some of our, uh, banks's work for sale which at the time was a hell of a lot cheaper than it is nowadays. <laughs> yeah, but even back then, to me, it was still a large amount of money.
2: Yeah, you still out <laughs> of <the> reach <bridge> financially.
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, geez, you know, I wish I'd bought one of those pieces yeah. now. You know, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be styling, but um, unfortunately not. Although I did buy, actually, I did buy a, um, do you know his Western Mare piece? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. The old people with the yeah, chainsaw yeah. thing coming across. I bought a print of that, and at the time when I was in London, it was. 45 quid for the unsigned print and 90 quid for the signed print. And I thought I'm not paying 45 pound extra for a a signature. You know what I mean? And uh, and then stupidly and second stupid part of that story is that I um, then sold it. When was that now? That must have been about 10 years ago. And so I bought it for 45 quid sold it for 1500 quid and at the time I'm like wow you know that is an amazing you know yeah. Increase in price yeah I looked the other day I think they're about 20 to thirty thousand pounds now for the same print oh, it's nuts isn't it's it yeah. yeah but anyway the whole point of that is is that whilst I was in London I saw all this sort of Banksy stuff and um I really sort of appreciated the messages that he was conveying in his work yeah. it was it was simple it was clever it was to the point point. Um, it was powerful. Um, and that really kind of set me on this whole path of wanting to create stuff that actually had something to say, you know, it just sort of really spoke to me. Um, so yeah, kind of, you know, um, sort of dabbled in other bits and pieces along the way. Um, but I've always been sort of dragged back, you know, something inside me has always sort of said to me, no, you know, your heart lies over here doing this stuff, you know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've covered a lot of topics over the years. Um, one of the more recent ones is mental health, um, which I've actually got some bits and pieces behind me. Um, but um, yeah, which is basically taken that iconic kind of smiley face, which again has been kind of used to death uh, within street art. Um, it's a very popular sort of go-to piece, but I think there's a reason for that is because it's 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 very visual, um, it's easily relatable. Um, but I've kind of taken that idea and sort of in my head sort of tried to push it further, which is completely and utterly glitching it so you're only yeah, seeing yeah 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 I saw that. Of this, of this smiley face and it's the whole idea that you know as, as humans or for a lot of humans you know are struggling with their mental health um and it's that sort of trying to maintain a, a happy face you know it's that idea of trying to kind of just kind of get by and and you know put on this sort of happy face but yeah so to answer your question um it's yeah it's kind of i would say it's statement art is uh is how I describe my stuff. Um, I've not really done any sculpture type stuff. It's more flat 2D stuff. Um, But I would love to kind of sort of start venturing out and trying to kind of take my my work in a more sculptural um, way and sort of in a more 3D kind of.
2: Did you um, always have art at home growing up?
3: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, you know, at school, in fact, one of my earliest memories uh, was when I when I was in junior school. So I must have been, I don't know, nine or ten or something. And um, I used to, I grew up actually in the Lake District, or well, in a town just outside the Lake District. Nice. And I grew like, a, I think it was like a slate sort of stone bridge, just with pen. And um, they asked me if they could put that on the front of like the parents newsletter that went out once yeah, a month. Yeah, yeah, So I was quite chuffed about that. And then um, there was, uh, so the actual town I grew up in is a place called Alberston and they've got the evening, oh, Mail, yeah. which, is, which is like the local paper there. And uh, there was a, competition to draw a um some sort of christmas related thing i think they, what was it called it's like the the, the nut the eight to 13 club or something like that as part of the evening mail thing. And uh, anyway, I drew something and um, I got first prize, which was, uh, wow, do, you nice. remember, do you remember the evil Knievel with the ramp? Of course. Yeah. 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 yeah so I, I got one of those as Excellent.
2: a prize. <laughs> it's still a worthy prize to get. Today, I, I, you know what? I'd
3: love to win it today. <laughs> that would be quite a collector's item. You know what I mean? I'd love to still have that, but unfortunately not.
2: Talking back on those things now, they seem... Sing- minor little thing at the time it was like winning the world cup for yourself wasn't it absolutely yeah no no
3: of course yeah there must have been a huge competition in albertson to get onto that evil knievel stunt bike you know (laughs) so yeah i was absolutely over the moon to win that um but then also when i was in albertson in fact i was um i saw in the news today that do you see the illustrator jan piankowski's died no so he did, he, he's kind of famous for things like um, Megan Mogg, like these children's illustrated books. But what I actually remember him for, which um, I actually had to Google it this morning just to try and sort of, because I couldn't remember what it was called, but it was called Quest for the Gloop. And it's <laughs> this amazing, like it's sort of sci-fi adventure type thing. Anyway, when I was in, again, when I was growing up in Alderson, I had this book and um, he actually came to Alderson to the local bookshop there and uh, did a signing and I always remember like opening it up and him actually doing one of the characters there in front of me and signing the book. And again, sadly, I don't have it. But again, like you're saying, you know, it's just sort of these little sort of things, you know, that kind of just, I don't know, because basically what happened is, is then I went and did art at GCSE, did art at A-level, but didn't actually know what I wanted to do. I wanted to do something creative, um, but I wasn't quite sure what that was. and I actually ended up going to university, but not doing art. It was actually three D design that I did, and then after that, I kind of I set up a three D design um, interior like design product type thing with a with a friend of mine, and did that for a few years. Then ended up getting into marketing and kind of almost sort of slipping into kind of what I like to sort of think of as like the normal world, you know, that everybody else yeah does yeah yeah, yeah you know because you got bills to pay and you, you know you want money to go on of holidays course. Security. And, yeah. And that security blanket of sort of a nine to five job. So I ended up sort of going, getting into marketing and working in London. But as I say, you know, when I was in London, I kind of started seeing all this sort of Banksy and street art type stuff going on. Um, and I used to go to a, a, a gallery quite regularly there for their opening nights, which was the Elm Lester's gallery. I think it's down near um, Tottenham Court Road. Okay. It's closed down now, I think. I think they only do stuff online. Um but yeah absolutely loved going to that you know got to sort of see works by Anthony Lister uh, Ron English WK Interact you know and all of these kind of people and that just again just sort of opened my mind to you know sort of the creative side so even though I was doing this whole nine to five thing I obviously still had this kind of passion for the art side of stuff um, and then I ended up moving to South Africa and lived there for 10 years and that's when I sort of really started getting into into my arts um sort of much more kind of dedicated to it. Um, and over there, I mean there's huge problems, you know, in terms yeah, of, of course. You know, with apartheid and you know, kind of the out sort of fall of fallout of that. Um huge amounts of like you know the, the rhino poaching and elephant tusks of mm. the ivory and all of that kind of stuff. And I mean, you know, it's one of the places that kind of blew my mind in terms of that rich-poor divide. You know, you'd yeah. go past a million pound house. You know, and further down the road, you've got people living in these shacks. You know, yeah, the
2: shanty towns just, we yeah, just, yeah, it's just such
3: a stark contrast between one world and another within a very small area, you know. And so I kind of started doing pieces related to that. And I was living in a place called Hermanus at the time. And um, they do this thing once a month, this like art walk. And um, anyway, somebody asked me, Oh, you know, do you want to put a piece into this art walk? So I said, Yeah, no, no, that, that sounds cool. And there's a gallery in Amanis that um, I thought might be a really kind of good gallery to try and get into. So I cleverly, or I think it's clever anyway, um, I had my piece for the artwork that I was going to go and drop off to another gallery nearby. And I just sort of walked into the gallery, but I made sure that the piece was in a clear plastic bag. (laughs) Yeah. so this guy could see it
2: to just dangle it in and yeah, have, like, exactly. Have so I, label on the hook. I
3: just kind of like wandered in and just started having a look around at the stuff that was in there, so, you know, just sort of holding it up you know.
2: <laughs> 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 exactly.
3: And you know what? It worked. The guy yeah. came over, he's like, Oh, what's that? I said, oh, No, it's just a piece of mine. I'm dropping it off for the art walk. Um, and then the next thing I knew. Um, he was offering me my first solo show in South Africa. Nice. You know, and it's just funny how these sort of things kind of work out. And and then from there, um, that got into the papers. And then some guy in Cape Town saw the stuff, um, you know, saw, sorry, saw this article. Um, and then I ended up working with him and doing some group shows around South Africa and uh, kind of... S- sort of started to have my name associated with kind of quite well-known South African artists and stuff at mm. the time. Um, then, and then I did, um, do you know Roy Tyson? He does the yeah. Roy's People, the little character. Of course, one. Yeah. Yeah. So he does the Roy's People art fair. Yeah. And I came then over to London to do the first one of those, which was in Islington. The um, podcast
2: that- is there in April. Oh, really? Yeah. Roy's give us a little space there. And um, yeah, I'll be doing some live... Oh, that's cool. So is that this April? Yeah.
3: I'll have to come down then, come and say hello and see you in person.
2: Yeah, good stuff. Do it.
3: Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, so I I did the first Roy's People Art Fair. That went really, really well. And I've been kind of going back and forth from South Africa to the UK because obviously all my family and stuff are still here. And eventually I just thought, you know what, I need to kind of come back. And I miss my family. And my mum hadn't been too well either. She had cancer. And so I, I came back. Um, And that's when I really kind of, that was about four and a half years ago, or just actually, yeah, just over four years ago. Um, And that's when I really kind of started pushing because even when I was in South Africa, the art thing was sort of still a sideline.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, So I decided to kind of really sort of, you know, get the bull by the horns and and give it my best shot sort of thing. Well, you must have been
2: earning a, a, a decent living to be working you know, abroad in South Africa and doing what you was doing with the marketing. Then you're obviously doing your art as a hobby, which is starting to get a little bit of traction. Yeah. At what point was it when you decided to push security away and go with the uh, the open world of art, you know? Yeah, no, no, no.
3: Well, basically what happened is that when I came back, I got a job in uh, marketing again, Um For a company uh, for a short while, and then that that ended, and I kind of had a bit of money in the bank, and you know I just I don't know there was just a part of me that was like if you don't do it now you're never gonna do it yeah and you know everyone around me was kind of saying the same sorts of thing and all the rest of it and I ended up what I actually ended up doing was setting up a website called Creative Folk, Um, and I thought rather than just sort of trying to push I could have easily got like a paulmean.co.uk website up and it had been all about me and all the rest of it but I kind of I felt like I wanted to do more than that and so I because I, well I came up with this idea of having an online platform that you know I, because of social media and everything I'd kind of uh, built up relationships with lots of artists that I really respected and thought they were really you know really good um, and kind of approached them and sort of said you know would you be interested in coming and putting your work onto the sites? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, no, absolutely. And the, and the thing as well is, is that rather than doing it or sort of, what I sort of found is that with a lot of the art sites that are currently available, they either charge an obscene commission fee, um, they either, ch- or they charge you a, like a monthly hosting thing and for every piece you put up there there's a fee and every time you write something there's a fee and there's a fee and there's you know what I mean and it just builds up and then it's also down to the artist to kind of manage everything so they have to put the artwork on there they have to put the descriptions and the pricing and the this and the that and manage inventory and you know when they get a sale they've got to like send it out and all that kind of stuff and I thought I want to be able to kind of do it the right way you know yeah, and it, yeah. I feel like i with a lot of sites and I'm not going to name any but you know there are some in my mind where I just think you're doing this for the wrong reasons you're doing this just to make money out of artists yeah and what I want to be able to do is kind of almost prove that you can make money and do it right in the right way you know yeah, with morals yeah. and ethics yeah, and all yeah, of that yeah. kind of stuff you know so um yeah so i set up creative folk and we only take 20% commission nice. and in, and in return for that we all they need to do is send us the images send us a little description and tell us what they want to sell the stuff for. After that, I'm the one that then uploads it all, puts it all on there, puts on their bio. You know, if we get an order, we fulfill it because then if there's a problem, we know what the problem, or we, we then try and resolve that problem rather than sort of almost becoming a middleman yeah. between the artist and the person that's bought the stuff, you know? I and mean, the other thing as well is, is that it just allows the artist to actually get on with what they really want to do, which is obviously create more work. So, yeah, so that's basically what I was doing, you know, when I sort of finished this job in Peterborough um, and was busy setting all of this up and each week um, writing articles about various art-related things. And again, sort of talking about this whole art journey, for me, it's just what makes it so incredibly exciting. You know, I kind of, I ended up, I wrote a piece that um, alluded to the idea that um, Monkey Parliament by Banksy, you know, that big... Yeah, 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 yeah was uh, painted by mason storm now he's never been able to sort of categorically come out and say yes i did it because of you know ndas and all of that kind of stuff but anyway i wrote this article i interviewed mason storm and as a result that got into the um which paper was it? i think it was the mail on sunday or something it was like a full page thing about this you know and for me that was just like super exciting you know and again it's that idea that you have you know i I didn't want to just have a nine to five job where you go in, you do what you need to do. You come out and at the end of the month, you get a paycheck.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: These things wouldn't be happening if I was just doing that. And that for me is what sort of makes it exciting. And again, so my work's currently on at this urban exhibition in Peterborough at the moment. And I've got an entire room to myself with all of this. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 nuts, absolutely nuts. I mean, it was quite scary and, and incredibly daunting because I'd known about the urban exhibition for a while. It was only three weeks before they were opening that um, I kind of got a, a text message from the curator saying, um, "Just got your number," because basically what happened is my brother-in-law was working in Peterborough, overheard a conversation, and sort of piped in and sort of said, "Oh, if you're looking for someone local, like a local artist, where well, you should check out Paul and." gave him the website and stuff. And that's how this happened. And, um, uh, yeah, so I got this message, went down, had a meeting, they showed me the space and said, yeah, it opens in three weeks. <laughs> so so that's, had,
2: a, that's a, uh, an exhibition with Damien Hirst and Banksy, is that correct?
3: Yeah, that's it. So they, they already, so in a, so my room is kind of next door to their room and yeah, within there, you've got sort of, um, yeah, Banksy, Damien Hirst, Tracy Emin, uh, my dog size Benine, um, and um, so, not last Saturday, the Saturday before, uh, my dog Size on the back of his inside exhibition um, is doing this kind of book tour thing around the That's country uh, to sort of talk about him. And it's in a meet and greet, and you can buy a book and get it signed by him and all that kind of stuff. Well, whilst I was in South Africa, he actually sent me a bundle of workout to me. So, there was like a piece of cardboard with one of his hand drawn eyes and one of his everyman characters. Um, and some stickers and some postcards and nice. stuff and I've kept hold of those ever since and through social media and through creative folk I actually got to interview him and you know we've kind of become sort of online friends although I did meet him for the first time it must be what two years ago or maybe three years ago at the Cheltenham paint festival because I went down oh, yeah there, yeah went down there to go and paint and sort of introduced myself and stuff But um, so, yeah, so not last Saturday, the Saturday before he was coming to the Peterby Museum to do one of these talks. So I just sort of innocently messaged him and said, you know, would you like a hand setting up? And he was like, oh, yeah, no, no, I'd really, really appreciate that. So, again, you know, I got to go and hang out with him, you know, this guy and actually took the cardboard eye with me and told him the story about this, you know, and it just it's amazing how like, you know, 15 years ago or whatever it was when he sent me that stuff did I ever think for one second that, <laughs> that, and also on top of that his he was doing his talk in the room where all my work is so I'm yeah. sat there on that Saturday night sort of watch like listening to him and then looking at his work and then seeing my work you know and it's just like it's just so so surreal how yeah. you, know, you don't expect and i think that's what's exciting about this whole kind of art world and art journey is i think when you kind of take the plunge you just you've got no idea what's around the corner no. and what's going to happen and how this connection from god knows how long ago you know, all of a sudden it, it, it suddenly turns into something and it might, yeah, be, yeah. it might be next week. It might be five years. It might be 10 years down the line you just never know. But
2: well, when, it, when you've got a secure job, your future is sort of set out in front of you. It's you've, you know, you've got a five-year plan, for instance, once you decide to become an artist, that long-term plan goes down to about a fortnight or a month or <laughs> so it doesn't it? you know, and you exactly. can't even see the end of it there.
1: and quick dry foam cushions for Memorial day, get 15% off your burrow purchase at burrow.com slash a and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash a
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I remember, I remember work, when I was working in London, so that was, um, I was, well, yeah, 15, 20 years ago. And, um, Know I started off as a marketing marketing assistant in this job and then became a marketing coordinator, marketing manager, blah, blah, blah. And you know, sort of six years later, I was kind of one of the top dogs in the company, you know, and I was earning good money and you know, didn't have to really worry too much about, you know, can I afford this, can I afford that, or whatever. But every day for probably the last 12 months of that job, I'd go in there and sit at that desk and think, right, is this it? Like is you know what right, I mean? I like as you, Yeah, and as you say, you know, it's it's that I wanted something more and I felt that there was something more, you know, and it, it, it sounds cliche, but you know, that whole kind of like one life, you know, you've only got one opportunity on this planet and, you know, and I just want to try and kind of do stuff and experience things and, you know, and, and create more art and, you know, and yeah, I just, I think, you know, at some point, you know, the money is great, that you suddenly realize, or you start to realize it's not always about how much cash is in the bank, you know?
2: No, it's, it, so. that's the thing. And, and it's, you're going with your passion. And, and I, I mean, I can't tell whether you're happier now than what you was before. Oh, yeah, no, 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 yeah, Being someone in the same position as you, you know, three years ago, I was working and I just had this yearning inside me, you know, it was, it was sort of pulling me away from what I was doing. Redundancies came forward. And I thought, well, oh, there's my, you know, there's my excuse right. to give me sort of like six or nine months wages. They're sort of paying for the first bit of this new new life, you know?
3: Yeah. Did you feel excited again? Do you know what I mean? Like, because that's for me that that kind of the unknown and, you know, even things like when I was doing the creative folk stuff. Um I was, listen- I was actually listening to your podcast last night with the London police. yeah, yeah And they, they, they mentioned them as well. But the whole background Bob thing, I kind of saw something happening on social media with my dog's eyes and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And then I, I messaged uh, Nathan, Noah's dad. And so I said, you know, can I interview you for Creative Folk? And as a result of that, you know, A, I've got to know Nathan really, really well you know, and, and call him a good friend. But the, you know, the article that I wrote was in the first, was the introduction to the first background pop book.
2: Oh, nice. No, OK. Yeah, I've got the, the books just up there, actually. Oh, really? On my bookshelf, yeah.
3: Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, the second time round for the second book, um, you know, they actually contacted me and said, would you write the introduction again? Nice. You know, and, you know, I had my artwork featured in the first book as well. So I took part. I believe you took part as well, didn't I you? I
2: did. Likewise, likewise, yeah. yeah.
3: You know, and again, it's just things like that that I would never have got involved in, may never have heard of it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it just, yeah, it just keeps it. What a lovely guy as well, right? It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. I mean, what they've done with that thing is just incredible. So, yeah, I love it.
2: Yes, it's probably grown into something, hasn't it?
3: It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And, you know, we often (laughs) it's quite funny, you know, like if I I know if I know Nathan's life, I see his name come up. You know, it's not a short conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And the
2: thing is, I mean, the first one was amazing. The second one grew from the first. I'm so excited to see what comes next, because when we went up to the show, my, my friend Lee and I, you know we sort of sat with his family having a having a coffee up there yeah talking about the possibilities what was next because although he's got two or three possibilities he doesn't know yet which one to go with you know absolutely yeah 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 yeah. yeah yeah there's it can be quite exciting absolutely i
3: mean and again it's just one of those things you know that was an innocent thing of nathan just taking a into the garden to do some painting on some cardboard you know, there was never a, a meeting. There was never a right. We're going to do thing, and we're going to call it Background Bob, and it's going to be this. You know, yeah. it just it just evolved, and I think there's that's some of the best sort of stuff. That's when exciting things happen. You know, and I can't imagine that for one second that you know it, it would it would have ever turned into what it turned into. I mean, I remember talking to him the first time round and asking him, what do, you, "What do you reckon it's going to make this time round?" And he was like, hoping to break fifty. Well, they, they, you know, they got a hundred grand in the end. Yeah.
2: Well, no. look, for anyone that, that may have listened for the first time, may not have listened to um Nathan when he was on here for Background Bob um, Yeah. or, you know, any of the episodes where he has been mentioned. Yeah. A little sort of introduction to anyone of who Background Bob is.
3: So Background Bob is uh, a young lad, Called Noah. Um, he's uh, he's just had a, a massive operation at the moment yeah. um, with his hip and everything. He suffers from a few conditions, one of them being cerebral palsy. And uh, Nathan basically innocently took him into the garden one day to go and do some painting and thought, oh, these are quite good backgrounds, and got in touch with um, this fairly well-known artist called My Dog Size, <laughs> um, who had said, yeah, I'll I'll collaborate with you, and that was kind of the catalyst. That basically has turned into a whopping great big project where lots of artists receive backgrounds created by Noah aka Background Bob. And you've been
2: um, about A4. And, yeah, yeah, I'd say about A4.
3: Yeah, just bits, bits, of, bits of cardboard. cardboard, and cardboard with the, he's done an, an abstract, painting on Yeah, that. with like a sort of abstract swish of different colours or whatever, and you receive that. And then you try and come up with something incredible that will piss all over everybody else's
1: designs.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, and then basically, um, as you know, you know, they ended up with an exhibition of all of this work at the uh, First Sight Gallery in Colchester. Then they went on and created a book with all of this work. And then the actual original pieces were then auctioned off on eBay. Which they're now just about to do again. I can't remember when it is. I think it might be April.
2: I think I'm, it is April. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he's done phenomenally well, and uh, yeah, it's amazing. And I'm, you know, it's obviously super proud to be a part of all of that. But as I say, you know, if it wasn't for kind of coming up with creative folk and having that platform to be able to go to people and say, you know, can I interview you? Can I find out more about this project? And it, yeah, it's just really helped me to kind of also build up connections with people. If it was, you know, when I moved back from South Africa, I I knew people, you know, via Facebook and Instagram, you know, but I'd never kind of interacted with them as such, apart from maybe the odd comment about their work or whatever. Um, But Creative Folk for me has really kind of helped to be able to kind of get to know them a lot more and find out a lot more. And um, as a result, you know, it's getting more traffic to the site because of the articles, which then obviously has a knock on effect to the sales of, you know, from artists work. Yeah, Yeah um you know and also with that background bob thing um so a woman in america who um, started getting involved with the background bob and actually bought some of the original pieces and started following it and everything is now one of my biggest collectors
2: excellent
3: do you know what i mean of original work so again if it wasn't for me going to nathan and interviewing him and then becoming a part of that whole thing she would never have known about me and you know and it just it's i just find it very interesting how things kind of work and you know and you know the whole idea of sort of networking and getting to know other people and helping other people out you don't know yeah at what point like that's going to get repaid and it might not be directly from them but it'll be as a result of doing something with somebody
2: yeah of course so we're looking forward to see background bob phase three
3: absolutely yeah oh
2: cool. i've got a question here yeah uh, if there was you and five other artists past and present what would your ideal group show be
3: <sighs> it's a tricky one like there's like big names people that I like really admire, you know, people like Connor Harrington. I love his work. Brilliant, I think. Yeah, it just it, it blows me away every time I see it, and he he almost kind of makes it look effortless. Like with his work, he's sort of so free, and there's so much drip, and there's so much kind of abstract. But when you sort of stand back, you know, it just creates this stunning kind of classical piece, but on the streets, you know, it's, yeah. it's just quite incredible and it's something that I kind of want to do in my own work as well you know with the with the the mental health stuff with the smiley glitchy faces it's very tight it's it's all masking tape and it takes ages and I I want to be able to kind of develop that and push that more um and kind of become a bit looser and you know and, and sort of freer with it and a bit more expressive and you know I was listening to um that the london police podcast yesterday and you know they were they were talking about you know the idea that you know sort of happy little accidents can take place when you kind of let go a bit more and aren't so tight and um i want to kind of get a bit more into that so i kind of look at his work and really admire it there's another guy um, anthony michauliffe
2: oh of course
3: yeah yeah Whose work again is just amazing. I mean, I couldn't afford the amount of paint that he uses. I mean, He's <laughs> you know, pretty cold, not it, it? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like the, 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 you know, it's just sort of these almost like to, tormented, distorted yeah. faces. You know, are uh, are incredible. Um, but uh, yeah, as I say, I mean that paint is so thick on there. i yeah, God knows how much he uses. But uh, yeah, but I really love his work. But then, yeah, I mean, other people, I mean, I'd have to say my dog size, um, you know, I've, I've loved his work for a long, long time and, you know, just thoroughly enjoyed seeing him progress and develop his kind of characters and his style. And just, you know, the sort of starting off on, you know, with the Free Art Friday, giving away these little cans and stuff. And now all of a sudden there's whopping great bloody walls you know, of his work and just sort of seeing him scale it up and, you know, the inside exhibition and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I would certainly be happy. I mean, I I could technically say maybe that I'm alongside him already, although my work's in another room. It is literally like you know, just the, the thickness of a wall away from his. Of you course,
2: know. you got you got to take every. I'm going to claim every that line, but, you yeah, can So, I mean, can, you so know. if we
3: go down that line, I'm already kind of uh, exhibiting, you know, with Banksy and Ben Iron. The,
2: the show that they're in, what is its name and where is it?
3: Uh, it's the Urban Exhibition, and it's at the Peterborough Museum and Art Gallery, and it's on till the end of May.
2: And are you in that, or have you got your own exhibition? In yeah so view. basically
3: so basically what they wanted is is they they'd already set up the the, the banksy and benign type sort of my dog size area and they had another room next door that they wanted to kind of do something with a local with someone local Good. yeah um you know and i you know ended up with that space um it's under the same umbrella um, but mine is kind of like a solo show so mine's called something's wrong and features a lot of my work from over the last sort of five to ten years because oh, I, I only had three weeks to actually put this thing together so um there's you know sort of five of my mental health pieces there's some prints in there I mean there's one called redacted I don't know if you've seen that piece I have. I mean, I have yeah. yeah yeah so it says the powers that be only show what they want you to see you know and that one actually has proved really popular and then yeah and then there's some to do with um poaching so there's a whole kind of you know, there's poaching in there, there's um, addiction in there, there's mental health in there. Um, yeah, there's some political stuff in there. So there's kind of a whole sort of um, array of topics, um, but all underneath this one title of Something's Wrong, which I kind of felt was quite apt, you know? So, yeah. But all the time but, uh, there's
2: good messages attached to your work, people are going to see it. And, and yeah. it, it's, it's only going to be doing good anyway. And it Absolutely. can be your work that can make people or push them that little bit faster into doing something, something good.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's been actually quite interesting because you know, I'm not sort of um, a super well-known artist, you know, and so I've often, you know, there's sometimes when I've gone down to the um, exhibition in Peterborough and just sort of sat there and they don't know that it's my work there and I'm just, and I kind of almost just like earwig on what other people are saying and it's just been really interesting and, you know, and people are genuinely, Having conversations, you know, when they read that, you know, the political, the redacted piece about, you know, the powers that be type thing, you know, and they're smiling at it because they get it, they understand yeah. where, you know, what I'm trying to say, and yeah, and it's just been, it's been quite fascinating. The other good thing about doing this exhibition as well is that before it, I was kind of getting a lot of sales. So as I said to you before, you know, there's the um, the woman in America, who's like, you know, yeah. kind of like a, a really good fan of my work now. And then there's a guy in Australia that's sort of starting buying quite a few prints from me as well. And basically what I'm trying to say is a lot of the stuff was um, away from where I, I'm based. So it was always uh, an online transaction and you don't really ever get to know or meet the people be, who are actually buying your yeah, work. Yeah. With, with having the show in um, Peterborough, I've suddenly found I'm starting to get um, orders from people locally. Nice within kind of like almost like a, a half hour radius of where I am and uh, I actually then am, I'm basically going and dropping them off I was computers. hoping he's going to
2: say that perfect yeah yeah
3: and before I don't know it was weird before I was almost reluctant to kind of I almost kind of quite liked that you know the computer screen it was almost like a barrier between yeah. me and the customer and everything's just done online and all that kind of stuff but actually i've really really enjoyed going and meeting the people who are buying my work and having a conversation with them and finding out
2: why they bought it and And likewise from them them you know they've 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 seen your work you know you may well be a new artist they may not even be into art is the best thing and you've brought them into our world a little bit and then you just turning up with it is so special for them, I I would think, you know. Yeah, I no, I'd, I'd I, think I that if I'd bought something and the artist turned up and and gave it to me, you know. No,
3: I 100% agree with you, you know. It's, it's actually quite humbling, you know. They they really appreciate the effort that I've made to actually go and hand-deliver it to them. And the other thing that's interesting with that is, you know, especially coming from a marketing background, is, you know, it's it, you, you always get look to what what what's your classic demographic, you know. Who who buys your work? Who wants it, you know, and you, oh, it's male beige between this, you know, and, and all this kind of nonsense. And um, actually, when I've been dropping works off, because I don't know who it is, you try and sort of almost, you're trying to imagine who's going to open the door. And it's actually such an amazing surprise a lot of the time. I mean, I had one example when I went to, um, went through to Peterborough to go and drop a piece off and turned up at a bungalow and opened the door and the couple stood there, must've been in their seventies.
2: Now I would
3: would never have guessed that, you know, that they would have, A, gone to the show, and B then ordered a piece of my work, yeah. you know, and it's just, yeah, it's just, it's amazing. You know yourself
2: as well. If you're in marketing, um, the best advertising is done face to face, isn't it? You know, absolutely. And absolutely. you know, they, they will tell someone else that. You yeah, know, how, I mean, how they were, that was.
3: Yeah, I mean, they couldn't believe it when when I sort of said, "Oh no, I'm Paul. I I, I, I did that."
2: Yeah, I've come wow. round for You dinner. know, like they were just
3: blown away. Yeah, they were just absolutely blown away. And then they were telling me about how, you know, they don't really normally go to that type of exhibition.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, you know, but um, thoroughly enjoyed it and, you know, wanted to know where I get my ideas from. How do I come up with this stuff? And, you know, and ended up having sort of a 15, 20-minute conversation with nice. them. So, yeah, I've really enjoyed actually kind of getting to know people um, locally, you know, who are buying stuff. And again, it just, because it's weird like as an artist, you kind of, you produce stuff and you kind of look at it and think, well, I really like it. Is anyone else out there going to like it? Yeah. And you, you know, and all the way through this journey, it's just this constant sort of self-doubt and this kind of like voice in your head, you know, and are you good enough? Can you compete? And especially like looking on social media now, and, you know, and you sort of see some works and they, as you, you know, like you were talking about the Connor Harrington piece and, you know, you just jaw dropping, you know, blows you away and you think, you know, is, the, is there room for little old me in this yeah. art world?
2: You know? Well, you've seen yourself that for what's going on with you at Peter is the perfect example. In your local art gallery and museum are the biggest names in their arena. Yeah. And all right, you're not in that arena, but you're, you know, you're, you're on the billing, if you like. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, no, no, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it was a huge confidence boost, you know, and also the knock-on effect of... Um, you know sort of local people starting to buy your work and all the rest of it and every single sale just kind of re-emphasizes and sort of makes that sort of that 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 horrible little voice you know of doubt in your head just get that little bit quieter yeah you know what I mean and you know and it it sort of encourages you to keep going encourages you to make more and encourages to put you to put yourself out there I mean I wouldn't call myself a street artist at all you know but I have certainly been influenced by the street art world and a lot of the people that I'm friends with on Facebook are street artists. Yeah. Um, and you know, in terms of putting yourself out there, you know, there's a there's an amazing artist um, again who lives locally called Corp, and he actually ha- was one of the um, originators of um, the Free Art Friday, along with my dog Size. And he does a thing called Corp Fest in Peterborough, and um, you know, he invited me there. Um, was it last year or the? I think it was the year before. And um, you know, I boards and you know live video links and all this kind of stuff painting live and you know and it just it just sort of put me out of my comfort zone and you know and gave me a taste of oh i wouldn't mind doing that again yeah, you know yeah, and, nice. you know i mean when i went down when i went down to Pats, so when i um met up with uh, my dog size to go and help him set up afterwards uh, we went oh, a few of us went out for a beer and that and they uh, were just sort of talking and somebody mentioned about the nerves. Of doing live painting. And he was telling me, he was telling me a story about some one of his friends at Upfest, who was sort of there with his spray cans and stuff. And he looked round and there was like 40 or 50 people all watching him. So what he actually did was he actually started making the sounds of the spray cans. just going, <laughs> he's going tss,
2: tss. <laughs>
3: because he, did, he didn't want to put any paint on yeah, there yeah. in case he balls it up in front of all of these people. <laughs> brilliant yeah so yeah so then i would, so it kind of reminded me so when i did my full, sort of first live painting so to speak was at yeah. the Cheltenham paint festival but again i was so nervous that i actually spoke to andy who's the organizer of it and uh, sort of i said can i is it all right because i don't have i couldn't go down there for like the full three days um i was we were only down there for a day and i knew i wouldn't be able to get finished what i wanted to do So I said, is it all right if I kind of start it at home and then take it down? So it's like, yeah, no, that's absolutely fine. So when I took it down, it must have been about 90, 95%. (laughs) Of course. You know what I mean? It's all just like the little tweaks and everyone who comes by is like, wow, look
2: at this guy. (laughs) He's so Yay, yeah, so
3: quick and like, how did he do all that and that's such a of time you know but it is that just whole kind of confidence building and that you know everything that you know every sale every nice comment every kind of I don't know interaction with somebody who likes your work just gives you that kind of confidence boost to go out and and try new things and do new things you know which again you know sort of right at the start of this conversation it's just this sort of weird journey as I say you know and um it's just been very positive along the way
2: well you've got this exhibition going on at the moment yeah up in peterborough um what else have you got coming up have you got sorry have you got anything else coming up
3: yeah so there's another uh, there's a new gallery that's just opening up in Louth, which isn't too far from me um which they're gonna it's called the it's not that kind of gallery and because around here it's all very kind of Touristy yeah, kind of, of course, buildings yeah, yeah. and churches, and you know, that kind of countryside type stuff. And so they're wanting to kind of rebel against that. So they're opening up on the 18th of March. So I'm going to be doing some stuff for them. Um, I'm actually starting a commission on a wall in someone's house um, tomorrow. So we've already, des- I've already designed it and come up with some ideas and all the rest of it. So I've got that job. So that'll keep me busy for the next two weeks. And then they want an actual canvas as well that's related to the wall that I'm painting nice. in their house and stuff as well. So yeah, I've got that. Um, I've got a few more people to put on onto um, creative folk. So that's kind of building up nicely. And yeah, it's just sort of trying to juggle all of these different things and stuff. But it's it's a keeping me out of trouble and b keeping me very busy. Good
2: and how can people see your work be it um social media or website so they can
3: follow me on social media at paul neen um, art um but it's so and neen, can, is, neen is spelled yes yeah, i was just going to say neen is spelled k n e e n just to be awkward Yeah, just honestly, you don't understand how much of an annoyance that surname's been over the years and how people just pronounce it wrong constantly. Of course. Yeah. So every time I have to spell it out. So, yeah. So I'll do the whole thing. It's at P-A-U-L-K-N-E-E-M-A-R-T. So, yeah, you can follow me there or you can go on to creativefolk.co.uk as well. My stuff's on there, along with a lot of other great artists and obviously visit the exhibition.
2: Paul, oh, that's all my questions asked
3: fantastic
2: yes, that's us done
3: really well thank you very much for having me i really appreciate oh you're
2: more than it. welcome mate
3: okay cool it's really nice to meet you and
2: um, thoroughly enjoyed it and you mate thank you for your time no worries take care say da mate well hope you enjoyed that episode of the ministry of arts podcast if you're unable to support us on patreon leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to this podcast really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast or even giving us a positive shout out on your social media. Anything is appreciated. But either way, thanks for listening and until next week, Sad